third podcast of 2018. Just in case you didn't quite realize it, you are currently listening to the podcast of Tech.eu, Europe's premier technology industry information portal and market intelligence platform. My name is Robin Wouters. I'm the founder and editor of Tech.eu, and I like to use this podcast to discuss recent noteworthy news from European startups, VC firms, tech companies, and governments alike, and also regularly feature interesting entrepreneurs and investors from across the continent. Today, we're actually featuring two interviews. One is with Nikolai Storonsky. He's the founder and CEO of UK-based fintech sensation Revolut, and one with Sandus Kondratz, who's the founder and CEO of Anatomy Next, which is the startup that recently won the Tech Chill Pitching Conference competition in Latvia and I spoke to both entrepreneurs in Riga when I attended the conference and we'll be listening to them both later on. But before that, here's an overview of some recent European tech news that I thought was remarkable enough to warrant a second or closer look. And of course, how can we not start things off with the impending IPO of Spotify? As you've probably heard by now, the Swedish music streaming giant is planning to list its shares on the New York Stock Exchange, but there's a bit of a catch. Instead of a traditional IPO, that makes shares available to the general public, Spotify is opting to directly list on the exchange, making its shares available only to institutional investors and thus eliminating the need for underwriters, aka the banks that set an initial price, among other things. So either way, the non-IPO IPO, as some people are calling it, will be very interesting to watch. Uh, Spotify currently boasts more than 70 million paying subscribers. It just renegotiated long-term licensing deals with three major record labels, and its valuation has hit at least 19 billion US dollars in recent times. The company's generated revenue of a little over 4 billion euros last year, up from about 3 billion euros the year before. The company's losses, however, have more than doubled, reaching 1.24 billion euros in 2017 versus 539 million euros in 2016. And now it's just a matter of counting down to the actual listing, which will be happening in a matter of weeks. Now, sticking with the music theme, Facebook has recently signed a deal with ICE Services, uh, which is a licensing group and copyright database of some 31 million works uh, that represents uh, PRS in the UK, STIM in Sweden, and GEMA in Germany, uh, basically to provide music licensing and royalty collection for works and artists that are represented by the group whenever their music is used on Facebook, Instagram, Oculus, and Messenger. The company followed up on the news uh, last Friday when it announced a similar agreement with Warner Music, which was the last major label that was not yet working with the social network. And now let's listen to our first interview of this podcast with Nikolai Storonsky, who's the founder and CEO of UK-based fintech startup Revolut. Uh, the company is basically a digital banking alternative that includes a prepaid debit card, a currency exchange, a cryptocurrency exchange, and peer-to-peer -peer payments. The company's been on, on a bit of a roll lately. Uh, first, it broke even. Uh, then Revolut announced that it now manages around 1.5 billion US dollars worth of transactions every month. And to top it off, the startup has managed to attract uh, about 1.5 million registered users so far. So let's listen to the interview. Hey, this is Robin from TechU, and I'm here in Riga, Latvia for the TechChill conference. I'm sitting now with Nikolai Storonsky, who's the co-founder and CEO of Revolut. And Revolut is a digital banking alternative fintech startup based out of London. But can you give me a better description? 
Yes, so we do everything what banks do and we do it uh, cheaper and better. As simple as that, you can send money, exchange money, transfer money, spend with a card, buy you know, insurance, etc. Great. Uh, how long has the company been around? Uh, we launched two and a half years ago. And you've raised quite a bit of funding uh, along the way. How much money have you raised and from which investors? Uh, about $90 million. And how's it going? Uh, what are the, some of the numbers that you can share with us? Yeah, we were doing great. So we, we, we are growing 10x uh, every year. So we're now processing $1.5 billion uh, every month, onboarding five to 10,000 new users uh, every day. We have 1.4, 1.5 million clients now, 22,000 uh, business accounts. So yes, yeah, it's, it's growing very fast, very happy with it. Um, and then uh, looking forward to expansion you know, outside of Europe. How do you get those users? What's your go-to-market strategy? What's your, you know, your strategy to recruit? Word of mouth. I would say. Uh, so that's a primary uh, growth driver. And obviously, when we, when we go into a new country, we try to make a buzz about us, just to build this group of you know early adopters, people who, who try our product and then um, recommend to, to their friends and families. Um, obviously, you're not the only company trying to make uh, banking sexy again, making it cheaper, better, a better user experience. Uh, what would you say sets you apart from your competition the most, You know, especially Monzo, TransferWise, these companies? We do much more than TransferWise, uh, and we do it uh, for free, right? So TransferWise, they will change it from half percent to one percent. We do transfers for free, and on top of it, we, we we do much more, right? So you can spend with a card, you can have bank account with us, you can uh, exchange money between your your accounts. Um, so it's much wider product and much sleeker compared to TransferWise, and much cheaper as well. If we compare ourselves, like you know, to 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 other digital banks such as Monzo Number Twenty Six, again, product is a uh, much better. They don't provide interbank of X rates and they are uh, much slower compared to us until you know, releases of new products. Right. So it's more features and slightly different business model. Yeah. I mean, you have a subscription product uh, called Premium. Yeah. Uh, how, how much does it cost and what does it give you? Uh, so it costs seven pounds a month. It gives you uh, additional perks such as unlimited effects, uh, double limits on ATMs for free. Gives you wholesale pricing on uh, different insurances. Gives you free travel insurance. There are like so many perks. Great. Um, you've also recently integrated a cryptocurrency uh, exchange, uh, only for premium users uh, for now, I think. No, we actually unlocked it uh, for everyone. So yes, initially it was for premium users. Now everyone can has. Uh, access. So tell us more about the feature. What, what can you do with it? So we are adding a few more cryptocurrencies. So we're also working on integrating with a few exchanges in the US as well to, to serve the US market. We are also working on allowing people to send the cryptocurrencies out of wallet wallet to other wallets outside of our ecosystem. And then just, just generally making the product much better compared to competition. From a geographic standpoint, what is your expansive strategy? What are the markets that you want to tackle next? So the moment we're very strong in the UK, we're less strong in continental Europe, but we're working on it. And then we're expanding into US, Canada, Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong, India. What do you actually need to do to uh, launch in a new market? A lot of things. So we actually have a huge process, you know, to, to go through. Because, uh, I mean, it really depends if the licenses are easy to get, right? We apply for licenses and then we build infrastructure ourselves. Licenses are difficult to get. We strike partnerships usually with two banks and then use their infrastructure and launch the product. But uh, a lot of moving parts, and it's, it's complex. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so in general terms, uh, how is the fintech scene in London these days, from your perspective? It's booming. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? So if you look across all uh, startups at the moment, I think fintech is uh, the most hot area to be in. 
just uh, industry is huge. Uh, financial services, 20% of GDP in almost uh, any country. It's dominated by uh, very old corporates, right, who don't innovate. And then uh, for us, it's a perfect opportunity to kind of build something great and then uh, take the share of the market from them. Great. And uh, from a product standpoint, what can we expect from uh, Revolut in the next, like, let's say, two or three years? Well, I would say two to six months, right? We don't really have plans for, for years. We're just usually fast to ship in, in, in months, not years. So next one, which is coming, is a wealth product. So you'll be able to invest in ETFs and different diversified portfolios, uh, trading, uh, zero-commission trading, then uh, what else we have on the retail side? Yeah, launches. We finally want to launch uh, to launch it. Uh, metallic card, so new pricing plan, platinum. You'll be able to get uh, platinum, well, metallic card with a certain cashback on all your purchases. So that's on the retail side, great for businesses. So business will be able to, to borrow money with us. Great. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of uh, big plans ahead. Um, thank you so much for taking the time and good luck with the company and the rest of the conference. Thanks a lot. Very interesting company for sure. I'm sure you'll agree. Now, uh, let's look at some recent funding rounds for European tech companies that garnered our attention in the past few weeks. There were quite a few big ones in the fintech arena, so let's take a look at those for starters. Uh, first up, there was UK digital bank, Adam, uh, which has raised £149 million, led by Spanish financial institution BBVA, along with asset manager Tosca Funds. And as part of the round, BBVA has invested £85.4 million into the company. And that actually brings its total stake in the company up to 39%. So that's, you know, getting close to half of the company. Interestingly, uh, BBVA has also invested quite heavily in another fintech startup, uh, along with Visa, Lakestar, and ABN Amro this time. That consortium has pumped about 56.6 million euros into the German banking as a service platform, Solaris Bank. That company claims to have nearly 60 businesses currently using its wide-labeled suite of banking services and is on course to integrate with over 100 corporate clients by the end of this year. And then there's fintech firm Capitalis, uh, which has raised 29 million US dollars in two separate rounds of funding. 20 million came from Index Ventures and 9 million from Sequoia Capital. The company, which is based in London with offices in Tel Aviv and New York, basically develops um, services and solutions for capital markets, such as uh, equities and foreign exchange. Uh, And then we have Mate.com, which is a furniture e-commerce firm uh, based in the UK. Uh, They've raised £40 million from Partech Ventures, Level Equity and Eight Roads Ventures, along with a new investor that has not been named mysteriously. Uh, Mate.com basically links customers directly with furniture designers. It plans to use the new funds to expand further across Europe. In other news, France's competition authority may open investigations into Facebook and Google in the next few months after an in-depth examination concluded that the pair dominate the French online advertising market. Uh, France is also threatening to fine Apple and Google for abusive commercial practices through their app stores, amid growing scrutiny from European authorities of the biggest internet companies whose size and sway over data collection have rapidly made them advertising giants. Finance Minister Bruno Le Maire said last Wednesday that France will take legal actions against Google and Apple, and fines could be in the millions of euros. Um, Fines are actually likely to be about 2 million euros per company, which are accused of taking advantage of local developers. This comes after a two-year investigation by the ministry's fraud repression unit, according to an official in Le Maire's office. And now let's have a listen to our second interview of this podcast featuring the founder and CEO of a very interesting startup called Anatomy Next. His name is Sandis Kondratz and his company just won the Tech Chill Startup Pitching Competition. To learn what they're all about, listen up. 
Hey, this is Robin Walters from TechEU, and I'm here in Riga, Latvia, where I attend the TechTrill conference. And the winner of the startup competition of that conference uh, was a Latvian company called Anatomy Next. And I'm sitting now with Sandis, who's a co-founder and CEO of the company. Can you briefly tell us what uh, the startup does? Yeah, so Anatomy Next is human body simulator for medical training in virtual reality. It's just like a, a Google Maps for human body or a flight simulator, but for the human body. Okay, and uh, you work on, on multiple platforms and headsets already? Exactly. Right now, focusing on mixed reality, holographic devices, and uh, having also product on desktop available and the mobile devices. Great. And what's the target audience for this solution? Yeah, target audience are medical students and young millennial doctors. Great. And how's it going so far? How, how long has the company been around? Yeah, so company 2015 started... Since then, been developing uh, the product uh, and engaged with uh, almost 70 medical institutions, uh, both in U.S. and Europe, and doing really well as having a first-paying customer, the number one U.S. hospital, Massachusetts General Hospital, and uh, involved with many other possible contracts down the road. It's Great. awesome. Have you raised any funding so far? We did uh, raise a half a million of euros uh, 2016-17 winter. What's the next step for the company? What's uh, 2018 going to be like for you? Yeah, 2018. So we are now about to close a half million of dollars round and uh, now scaling up the sales and marketing both in the US and Europe and uh, going to participate in the main education conferences like Health to All in Barcelona will happen in May as well as a few in the US to uh, scale up well that's definitely very cool if you actually try it um, it's very hard to explain of course in an audio interview but um, like what's the secret sauce of this what, what makes you special compared to you know other competitors out there mm-hmm. yeah so it is a the team the composition of the team and a our location culture behind it because the product is developed by programmers 3d artists and medics and so our team uh, the medics, programmers, and 3D artists work closely together. They speak Latin. They understand the, la- the programming languages. <laughs> and this is not possible elsewhere. Here in Latvia are really high-level medical education professionals. And they are accessible because this country is small. We know each other. We know each other's sort of culture and the language and are highly supported from the University of Latvia and the Riksund University. So we get access to the latest medical uh, technology and data. So it is a team. Right. That's the key. Great. Um, you focus on, on a pretty specific target audience today. Can you also think of other use cases down the line when, uh, as the company expands and scales uh, that you might get into? Yeah. So currently focusing on the medical uh, students, education, and then a case for a emergency medicine a simulation. But down the road, that's a second part of this year, it's a neurosurgery. It is a craniofacial surgery and uh, also orthopedic surgery simulators in our pipeline. So we will stay in, in the medical field. Absolutely. That's our competence and our niche and our mission to save millions of lives around the world. So we are doing through a uh, education, training, resources and, and simulation uh, solutions. Right. Well, that's absolutely a great mission to have. 
But you have an interesting background because you don't come from a medical background. Uh, can you briefly share what you uh, used to do before this yeah, time? Yeah, so I come from the uh, Renaissance-style art, specifically sculpture. It's like a Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci-style education. As you know, a, a Leonardo da Vinci was an anatomist, an artist, an architect at the same time. So this type of education also I had here in Latvia and learn the human body, the surface anatomy through sculpting experiences. Yeah. Absolutely. Great background and great company. Uh, congratulations again on winning the startup competition. And best of luck with the company this year. Thank you, sir. Also want to keep a very close eye on. Some more interesting news uh, to note. Uh, Microsoft is reportedly opening two cloud data centers in Germany at a cost running to more than 100 million euros. The data centers would allow customers of Microsoft, which of course competes with Amazon and Google in the $260 billion cloud computing market, to keep data in Germany, uh, which has relatively strict uh, privacy laws. In other very country-specific news, Finland's state investment arm has spent about 844 million euros, that's more than 1 billion uh, US dollars, on building a 3.3% stake in Nokia. Uh, strengthening the national influence over the telecom network GearMaker. Uh, Nokia currently employs 6,300 people in Finland of a global workforce of about 102,800, but it still remains the country's largest uh, company. So that's an, uh, a very interesting move by Finland State Investment Arm. Um, going back to funding uh, for startups, UiPath, uh, which is an automation software company originally founded in Bucharest, Romania, has raised 153 million US dollars in Series B round, led by Excel with participation from Capital G, Kleiner Perkins Caulfield and Buyers, Early Bird, Credo Ventures, and SeedCamp. The company, which is now headquartered in New York, develops enterprise robotic process automation software for automating business processes and ensuring compliance. Meanwhile, there's German IoT startup Relayer. Uh, they've raised $30 million in a funding round led by Deutsche Telekom, with participation from, again, Kleiner Perkins, along with Munich Re and others. And then we have Moveit, uh, which is the Israeli transportation service startup whose iOS, Android, and web apps are now used by 120 million people globally across 2,000 cities in 80 countries has raised about $50 million in new funding. The Series D round was led by Intel Capital and is actually a strategic investment. As part of it, Mobileye, uh, which is the $15.3 billion Intel subsidiary that builds autonomous driving solutions, will be partnering with Movit to incorporate its data into its proprietary navigation system. We are going to end the podcast with a number of acquisitions in European tech as well. Of note in particular was that European independent fiber network and cloud networking provider Interroots has been acquired by U.S. cloud networking firm GTT Communications for 1.9 billion euros in an all-cash deal. Experian also made headlines by acquiring ClearScore, uh, which has built a platform that offers you a credit score, which it then uses to suggest financial products like credit cards that fit the bill. Experian is acquiring UK-based ClearScore for about 385 million US dollars, plus an unspecified earnout based on future performance. The deal is expected to close later this year. ClearScore has around 6 million users and has only disclosed around $15.6 million in funding. So this deal appears at least to provide a very, very nice return for its investors. German automaker Daimler, meanwhile, has coughed up about 70 million euros to buy the remaining 25% of car sharing company Car2Go that it did not already own, valuing the startup thus at 280 million euros. And finally, we have SK Telecoms, uh, which has acquired Switzerland-based ID Quantic, uh, which is a company that provides quantum-safe cryptography solutions. The South Korean telco bought over 50% majority share of the firm for about 70 billion won, which is about 65 million US dollars. 
That's it for this edition of the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back soon with a new episode. If you can, you should also check out a few events that we're partnering with in the coming months. Firstly, we're co-organizing a conference on cryptocurrencies, ICOs, and blockchain technologies. The event is called Crypto Capital World. And the first summit will take place on 25 and 26 April in Vilnius, Lithuania. The website is simply CryptoCapitalWorld.com. And the second event we'd like to feature is the Ant Summit and Festival in Leuven, Belgium, uh, which is promising to be a one-of-a-kind event at the intersection of health, tech, and creativity. And that one takes place from uh, 2 to 5 May. The website is AntLeuven, that's A-N-D-L-E-U-V-E-N.com. That's it, folks. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Tell all your friends and enemies about it and follow us on Twitter. We're at tech underscore EU or Facebook for regular updates on all things European tech. Thank you for listening. This is Robin Waters checking out. Ciao.